It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, this is Locked On Sports Minnesota, and this is the Friday Roundtable. I'm Ron Johnson. As you see, we got Luke Inman. We got Sam Ekstrom, and we got a special, special guest today. Reggie Wilson has gone on location somewhere, so we got the next best thing, if not the best thing. Julia Daniels, you guys know her from CARE 11. She was on the Ron Johnson Show. She has great takes about baseball. But today, I'm interested in what she wants to talk about. But this is the roundtable. Again, people, we are going to talk about football. Why? Because it's football season. Yes, we know baseball is going on. But what better way to kick off a show than talk about some football? But, fellas, I don't know if you guys know, and ladies, um, there was a night practice last night at TCO. Fans were there. It was exciting. It was nothing but nonstop excitement. Justin Jefferson was putting on a show. The defense was moving faster than we've ever seen. So we're going to talk about that. But it's time to get locked in on this show. Luke, what you got? After last night's practice under the lights, people want to know, Ron, is this Brian Flores defense for real? We'll break it all down coming up next. And tomorrow, Twins legend Joe Maurer inducted into the Twins Hall of Fame is the Baseball Hall of Fame next for Joe? And with training camp, we go out there, we do the same thing every single day, but there's always some silly storylines. We'll talk about what's going on ridiculous out in Egan. I cannot wait to talk about what's going on around the league because there are some dumb storylines out there, and people, you do not want to miss these. But we have to talk about the MVP voting. Everybody knows that the NFL MVP, a lot of people thought Cooper Cup should have won it. They thought Justin Jefferson should have won it. But it's been a quarterback. But there's a weird stat that I think is going to be in Kirk Cousins' favor this year to win the MVP. But there's somebody else in the division that people are thinking is going to win the actual MVP in the NFL within the NFC North. Who is that? We'll talk about that next on the roundtable. But people remember, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On to make every moment more. And like I talked about, that MVP, people, you have to jump on there because there are a ton of NFL. There are There's one right now you can bet who's going to have 10-plus touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, by the way, is getting some odds, some good odds, actually. I was surprised he was on the plus side of this, not the minus. So I'm going to let you know. I'm betting on Justin Jefferson to have 10-plus touchdowns. I don't see how it cannot happen because Adam Thielen's gone. That means Justin Jefferson, the red zone targets go up. But you might want to get the fan duel and check those other ones out because there's some MVP voting. You can bet. I've talked about this. They have them out there now. The Super Bowl. You can bet on who's going to make the Super Bowl, what team might beat what team in the Super Bowl. One of them, 850000 plus meaning you bet a dollar, <laughs> you can win $850,000. So why not do it? Come on now. Like there's no chance the Baltimore Ravens beat the Arizona Cardinals in the Super Bowl, but it's a bet out there. Put five bucks on it. Why not? If it happens, you made a lot of money off of a buck or five bucks. Uh, but again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Luke Inman. We got Sam Ekstrom and Julia Daniels. So now it's time to kick the show off. Luke, what you got for us? Yeah, Ron, the people are buzzing about this B-flow defense, and I think it's warranted. I mean, they balled out last night and dominated. Flores had the blitz dialed up early and often, and the offense, they really couldn't do anything about it. Now, am I ready to crown them the next purple people leaders? Probably not. I still think there's going to be plenty of growing pains with so many young guys out on the field. And and by the way, too, blitzing isn't this new thing either, right? It's been around for 60-plus years. It's a very boomer bust philosophy and kind of a love-hate relationship sometimes. But I think a lot of the buzz and hype revolves around the fact 
you're seeing such a polar opposite scheme play out from that soft Donatel defense to this aggressive play calling that Flores is deploying. But again, that's his MO. This is what he does. He's got his finger dialed up on the blitz more times than not. And in a lot of ways, the fronts and designs that we've seen, it reminds you of Mike Zimmer, what he used to do, getting everybody up in the line of scrimmage, mugging the A-gap. You don't know who's coming, who's going. And it puts so much stress and pressure on the quarterback and offensive line communication. So just seeing what I've seen now, it wouldn't shock me if this defense lived and died by the blitz this year. And that could mean you have a top 10 defense in sacks and takeaways, but it could also mean a bottom 10 defense in yards and points allowed. That's kind of the give and take when it works. It's a fun splash play, but when it doesn't, Guys are running wide open downfield. Either way, though, guys, I think fans are going to have a lot more fun and entertainment watching this defense fly around this year, even if there is a slight learning curve and some trial and error along the way. I, uh, Sam, I know you were out there last night. What would you think? Yeah, no doubt this is going to be a more aesthetically pleasing product to watch than the Ed Donatel group last year. It kind of reminds me of 2021. Remember when Daniil got hurt and Everson Griffin had to leave the team, and that defensive line was short, some serious talent. But Mike Zimmer found a way to dial up creative blitzes, and just through scheme, he was top five in sacks that season. Now, also similar to that season, I still worry about the cornerbacks because while the Vikings got a lot of pressure that year, their cornerbacks still couldn't cover, and they gave up completions when it mattered most. Here's the test for Brian Flores. What is he going to do in a four-minute drill or a two-minute drill at the end of a game? Does he still bring the pressure, or is he one of these prevent defense guys? That's going to be the real test, because if you're exposing your cornerbacks one-on-one -on, -one on an island when the game's on the line, how are they going to hold up? I think this season's uh, the, the success of this defense this season might come down to how well Byron Murphy Jr., Caleb Evans, and then whoever your slot guy is can perform. That's going to be critical because when you're blitzing that much, you're going to have guys that are one-on-one -on -one matchups, and that's going to be where they might get exposed. Yeah, Julie, what do you think? Honestly, just having been out there last night, I couldn't stay to watch scrimmage. I had to get back to the station, but having talked to a lot of the cornerbacks, uh, talked to Cam Bynum, safety yesterday, the – Respect that they have for Flores, too, is totally different because, you know, this is only my second year covering the Vikings. It's the relationship between Flores and his players. Um, Ed obviously had a specific scheme that he wanted to fit guys into, right? This year, obviously, we've talked a lot about the flexibility that Flores has, and he's learning from his guys, and he's playing to their talents, too. And I think we've also seen just – when we're not able to shoot practice and we get to just kind of watch the guys do their thing, they know what's going on last year. Not the case. Um, we saw Lewis seen have that interception uh, in practice last week. I think that was Sam. I don't yeah. know if you were out there. Um, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he just broke. He knew exactly where the ball was going. And that was not something that we saw very often last year. Um, and especially from, from a guy who's so young like that. But every single time I've talked to a Caleb, I've talked to Byron, I talked to Cam Bynum yesterday. They love Flores. Um, they respect him and they feel like he listens to them as well, which is something different than last year. Everyone respected Ed, but it just feels like they feel understood as well. Um, and they feel like their talents are being played too and their strengths. Yeah, Julie, I think you hit the nail on the head with the defensive backs. And so I was there last night, and I saw two things happen. One, I saw Jordan Addison open up that speed. That guy can run when he opens it up. Kirk Cousins missed him by that much. 
the very next play or two plays later, I think the Vikings tried this. The offense tried the same exact route combo with a deep post and like some kind of over route or sit route to try to hold that quarter safety. Well, this time, Caleb Evans learned from it the first time. Harrison Smith made Kirk Cousins think like you don't have this deep post and he had to throw it underneath. I think that's going to be the difference is these guys are learning from each other. They're talking. There's no like, oh, if we make a mistake, we're going to get MF when we come off on the sideline by Mike Zimmer. What I notice about Brian Flores versus Ed Donatale, when you leave a relationship, and, and, and people know this, when you leave a relationship, your next relationship, anything that goes on, you're okay with it. And I think that's what Ed Donatale was. They left Mike Zimmer for the DB group. They got Ed Donatale, who was super laid back. Super like, this is my style. This is how we're going to do it. But he didn't force it. He wasn't a hammer. Like, I'm going to drop the hammer if you screw up guy. So it was kind of good for the players. Fast forward, you now have Brian Flores. This is what they need. Like, after leaving that relationship with Zimmer, then going to Donatel was kind of like a, a grace period. Let me, just, let me just get used to just being able to breathe and being able to play. Now they're getting taught. And what you're seeing is these guys being taught and they're moving around. Like you said, Lewis Seen. They're understanding the concepts. They're not learning. They're not overthinking. Mike Zimmer, we we all heard this. Mike Zimmer's defense was extremely complex. There was a ton of thinking for the DBs. A lot of times with Xavier Rose, you lock down the guy. Everybody else, you got to do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, we saw young guys like like Dantzler struggle. We saw um, you know guys like not be in the right spot when you think about some of the safety play issues they had until Ann Harris. There was a lot going on with Zimmer's defense where he was making it really, really tough. Flores, for instance, is just making it chaotic but simple. And I think when we had uh, Chris Rump on, he said that. He's like, it's like controlled chaos. He was like, it might look chaotic. Guys are moving all over the place, but it's simple. And I think that's what we're seeing now is the simplicity, which means when it's simple and I don't have to think, I can move fast. And that's what I think we're seeing from this defense is they're moving fast. And they're going to they're gonna make it tough on offenses. Uh, but we got to move on to the next topic. Sam, what you got for us? Yeah, let's talk a little baseball. Joe Maurer. Gets inducted in the Twins Hall of Fame tomorrow night. He'll give a speech, and then uh, they'll hang the number seven in the Twins' so-called ring of honor, sort of like the Vikings have. Um, this is obviously deserved by Maurer. This was coming all along. There was no doubt whether he was going to get inducted into the team Hall of Fame. But what about the baseball Hall of Fame? Um, I think that Joe Maurer's candidacy is very interesting because if you compare him to other catchers, his overall stats don't necessarily hold up. And again, he only played catcher for, you know, about the first half to two-thirds of his career. But um, 2,000 hits, um, three batting titles, one MVP. I think Joe Maurer changed the game for the catching position. I think he deserves to be a baseball Hall of Famer when he's eligible next year. I don't know if he's a first ballot guy, but before his eligibility is up, Joe Maurer should be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame for his consistency. You know, played in an era where it was all about contact and getting singles and finding holes in the defense. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he played in this era of baseball, how he would have performed. Would he, would he have hit more home runs? Would he have sacrificed his average? But 300 hitter, 388 on base percentage for his career. Um, didn't hit as many home runs as people wanted him to. But Joe Maurer, I think, has to be a baseball Hall of Famer for his sheer consistency as a hitter. Can't wait to hear him tomorrow night at Target Field. Yeah, what do you think, Julia? Uh, I would say yes. Obviously, he he should be in the the Hall of Fame, MLB Hall of Fame. How soon that happens, I don't know. Obviously, Minnesota homegrown boy, Creed Durham alum. Minnesotans love this guy. They are 
I, I hear it all the time. Why is he not already there? Why, you know, people are asking me this. Um, only if, he's the only American League catcher, I think, with a batting title, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Am I right? Um, obviously, I didn't grow up here. I didn't grow up with Joe Maurer, um, but he has a solid candidacy um, for the MLB Hall of Fame. I think it would be ridiculous if he wasn't in, um, because I think you're right in saying that he has set the standard for catchers. And before that, they weren't known as big hitters. They weren't known to go out there and, and get on base. I think one one year he had a on-base percentage of like 444, which is ridiculous for a catcher, especially at the time. Um, so, yeah, I would I'd vote for him to go into the, the Hall of Fame for sure. I mean, obviously, I think the Twins Hall of Fame um, is so exciting too. This weekend, we'll have all that coverage for sure. But um, everyone's waiting really for the big one, MLB. Yeah, yeah. I- I don't get what the discussion's all about, really. Where's the debate? How in the world could this guy not get into the Hall of Fame? He did things and put up stats only other Hall of Fame catchers did during their careers. And I personally, I personally, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. So I don't know if I'm just being biased because of the local connection. Grew up watching this guy. I remember my dad took me to watch him play at Creighton Durham High when he was in high school. He said, this guy's going to be the number one overall pick. I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world that I was watching this guy up close and personal. But not many catchers in the history of baseball ever win an MVP, three batting titles, five Silver Slugger Awards, finished with a career 308 average, not to mention he's top 10 in hits and runs for all catchers in the history of the game and top three in doubles as well. So I think it's a no-brainer, and I think he should be a first ballot Hall of Fame guy by the time this whole thing's said and done. Uh, I'll say this. Joe Maurer's boring. He's very boring. Uh, you think about like a lot of these catchers that have names and names, Mike Piazza, the guys that everybody loves. I mean, he did some ridiculous stuff. Uh, you know, you, you look at, I mean, we're not going to go back to Yogi Berra. Um, but when you look at the hits, I mean, honestly, 2,800 hits by uh, Pudge Rodriguez, that's ridiculous. So we, we're not saying Joe, I mean, he had a thousand more hits than Joe Maurer. We're not saying Joe Maurer's there. But then you have guys in here, and again, different eras, but you guys have guys in here with 1,600 hits, 1,900 hits. Joe Maurer's at 1,800. So I do agree from that standpoint he should be in. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is he was just boring to a lot of people. Like he did not flash. He did not have a lot of stuff that was like, oh, wow, Joe Maurer. Um, but I think overall he was a solid player. He was a guy that wasn't going to – he's like the Kirk Cousins of the MLB, I think. Like he's just a guy that was very trustworthy. Uh, wasn't flashy, probably shopped at Coles as well, had some Coles cash, just like Kirk Cousins. Uh, and, and I think that's why maybe Minnesotans question that. Um, just like Eli Manning. I, I would say maybe Joe Mowers and Eli Manning. Like, he's kind of right there uh, in the like, well, you know, do you deserve to be in the, in the, in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, he does. I think Eli Manning does as well. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it's inevitable. I mean, he was one of, like Julia said, his on-base percentage. I think people forget how important that is. Like, a lot of people can hit. These are great athletes that make plays and get you out and make it to get on base and not to be a like he wasn't super fast. So to be on base that much and have an on base percentage that high, I think that's the other key. It, it doesn't matter how pretty it looks, how great it looks. But when you get on base, I think that's the key, because uh, I saw a stat about like Barry Bonds for somebody else. And they were saying, like, this is how many hits he had. But look at his on base percentage. You would think like. He didn't get on base as much with all these hits, but he did and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I think that's definitely one of those where Joe Maurer should be in. I think it's inevitable, um, but it, it's going to be some consternation and some questions that come up and just everything for his overall career. But, yeah, he should be in there. 380 uh, we, on base percentage career all time. That's yes, it. That's, 
Yeah. That's crazy. He, that's he his- hit 282 his final season. Remember, people didn't think he was going to retire that year. They thought he would sign an extension or with the Twins or play somewhere else to end his career. Mm-hmm. He he was playing well when he hung it up because he decided, hey, I'm going to walk away a twin. He could have racked up another 500 hits, probably <laughs> added to his resume if he wanted to. He was still that good. Yeah, that's crazy because Mike Piazza's on base is 377 for his career. Um, and then Mickey uh, Cochran, of course, 419. But yeah, Mike Piazza. And again, I'm Mike Piazza and Pudge Rodriguez for me were the gold standard of catchers. Mm-hmm. When I grew up, I played catcher growing up. So um, I, I definitely always looked at the, how those guys did it. And again, I just think Joe Maurer just wasn't flashy. Like he didn't do anything that made people jump out like, man, look at he just threw somebody out a second and he did a 360 spin around Joe Burrow style with the Cameron slow-mo. That wasn't what he's going to be about. Um, and so I think that's, that's good. And he's never going to be that guy. Like I saw him at, uh, we, you guys might've saw that when he was at Adam Thielen's celebrity softball deal, he like was hitting like for real, like he was bot like hitting absolute rockets at people. Like, and people are like, Joe, this is a charity event. Like calm down. Like when he should hit find it- him now. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, he he hit it so hard. I was scared for the Vikings players in the field. And then he just jogged a first. Like it was like, and the crowd didn't cheer. The crowd was kind of like, oh, like somebody get this guy off the field with these little boys. Like he's going to kill somebody. Um, but <laughs> the guy never Mauer. went to a World Series. What do you want? I mean, yeah, that was his World Series at, 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 uh, yeah. at the St. Paul. Never Saints actually field. won a playoff game in Minnesota in 15 years. Yeah, I thought he won one playoff tragic. game his rookie year, didn't he? Oh, four. Well, well, he wasn't in the game because he was hurt Got it. that year. <laughs> sure. Um, so he never actually was on asterisk. the field for a playoff. Asterisk by asterisk. His one win. Different era, Sam. Different era. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but again, he's always going to have all those dark clouds over him when that conversation comes up. But in the end, I think he gets in. Because I was listening to the Hall of Fame football thing last night, and they, they brought up Eli Manning. They brought up Larry Fitzgerald. And uh, they were talking about, like, tight ends, you know, Travis Kelsey. How people keep calling all these young guys future Hall of Famers. And some of the Hall of Famers, the old get-off-my-lawn guys, were getting pissed off because they're like, Justin Jefferson's not a future Hall of Famer. Stop saying that. It's like, well, it's kind of inevitable if he stays on this path. So that's what people are saying, but the old people hate that. Uh, but we got to move on. We got to move on to the next topic because I'm excited about Julia's topic because I have a great de- – I'm from Detroit, so I love when I get texts from friends about the Lions because I get all their stuff. I have another one about this in the Lions. We'll talk about this too. Um, but we, we have to do this. But before we do that, we got to work from our sponsors. Yeah, let me tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook that brings us today's show. FanDuel is a great place to bet baseball. That includes the Minnesota Twins that we were just talking about. They are hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks tonight. They're favored at minus 134, run line at 8.5. Bet that or a full slate of baseball games at FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. New customers, you can get up to 10 times your initial bet in bonus bets back up to $200. That's right. Bet 20, get 200. That's free money. Whether you win or lose, you can lay that down on a Vikings future bet that Ron Johnson's going to tell us about later in the show. It's a very easy to use FanDuel Sportsbook app. You get paid instantly when you win. No better place to bet baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sign up today. The website, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Up to $200 back in bonus bets. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Um, so let's talk training camp. Training camp comes with a lot of different storylines. It's our first look at these guys. You get to see some more personality, things like that. Maybe some guys you didn't know before. Um, I would say some things ridiculous-wise that maybe we should we should move on from. I'm, I'm out there. Obviously, I, I talk to fans. We've got 
our new sports photog starting. So I've been out with the news photogs. So they're not really totally in the loop on things, but something I wish we would just move on from is the Jordan Addison deal. Um, the speeding ticket, everyone, every single time I bring him up at the station in front of a fan, something like that, they're like, Oh, speedy Gonzalez, speedy Gonzalez. you know, somebody has some kind of joke to say, everyone wants to, I mean, we went out there, what day one of practice, they brought him out and he didn't say much. He wasn't going to say much. Um, I think that we need to just let it go. Obviously, you know, not condoning the behavior, things like that. But uh, let's stop talking about it. Let's just let the kid go out. He's young. What is he? Twenty-one years old, right? Let him let him go yeah. out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Prove that he's Speedy Gonzalez. Get that stuff <laughs> moving for yeah. um, in a different way. But also um, asking Kirk about his contract year. We're not going to get anything out of him about it. You know. Um, you have to ask because it is an important thing, but uh, I think that so many people want to see him squirm when it comes to that topic. And it's just, we're, we're always going to be the same Kirk, no matter what. So um, obviously we'll see how he does this season. I think uh, without them uh, signing an extension for him or anything, another big audition is this season, but uh, let's, let's stop asking him about it. And one other thing too, you guys have been out there. Um, I don't know why we're having the pressers happen with the Vikings while also the scrums are going on off the field. <laughs> that yeah, is come on now. What is going on with that? What is ha- It's all the big guys, too, that they, they're they like, oh, yeah, Jordan Hicks is over here to talk to you guys while, you know, Wes Phillips is at the, at the podium. Good luck uh, with everything covering yeah, all of that. Yeah, can't be in two places at once, guys. Yeah, yeah. So those are my three. I know, Ron, you have something funny that you want to share uh, that's actually silly, but those are my little rants for today. Well, I, I will say, I know you guys, none of you guys have seen this, I'm pretty sure. I, I just watched it on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, speaking of football coming on Amazon Prime, the Vikings will play be playing the Eagles on Thursday night. Uh, Fox will be simulcasting that game. Uh, there will also be other affiliates picking up that game, so this is going to be a fun one for the NFL because they're spreading it out. But I just watched Transformers. Transformers, there's a, a robot now called Mirage, and he's able to make himself into three to five people, and then you got to figure out which one is really him when you're fighting him. So that's how you do it, Julie. You just become Mirage, the uh, Transformer, and then one of you goes over and covers Wes Phillips. The other one goes over and, and covers Jordan Hicks in the uh, scrum, and then the other one goes over there and listens to Kirk Cousins talk about his Netflix special. But I, I, I must save mine because mine is good. I got to save it. Uh, Luke, is there anything, Luke, that you've heard this offseason or training camp that you're like, wow, that's a crazy story, or I'm sick of this? Well, just more of a broad NFL angle. It's not anything specific, but I think just in general, I hear every year the Patriots are going to be terrible and be last place in the AFC East. And I get it, like that division stacked. You got questions about Mac Jones in year three. But if I've learned one thing by now, you never bet against Bill Belichick. No matter how bad that offense is, the defense is going to be top two in the league again, win them at least eight, nine games, if not more, on their own. That's just the way it works. I've seen this movie before. And then, I don't know if this is a hot take and I'm in the minority here, but I'm not sold the Jets are a Super Bowl contender just because they got A-Rodge. Because to be totally honest, everything I saw from him last year makes me think he might not be the same guy everyone's expecting him to be this year. Not to mention, again, that division is so stacked with the Patriots. Bills are Super Bowl contenders. 
Dolphins, who if Tua stays healthy, could easily be a Super Bowl team of their own. So don't bet against Bill Belichick, and don't crown the Jets just yet with that insanely brutal schedule week after week. If you want to crown them, crown them. They were who we thought they were. Uh, <laughs> what you got, Sale? Well, Luke, you know how it's going to go down, right? Rodgers struggles. The Jets don't really want him anymore, and then he ends up in Minnesota. One in three. Yeah. That's that's it's the pattern written. of things. It's already written, Sam. We're living in a simulation. It's a big loop. Um, I no one is guiltier than us here at Locked On Sports Minnesota of indulging in quarterback rankings, wide receiver rankings, team rankings. We've been talking about it for four months, mm. but I I've got rankings fatigue. I am ready for the rankings to go away until next May when we need them again. We don't need you anymore. We have real football. So all the rankings, the stuff that we debate about, that we argued, oh, Kirk is 12th. He's not 14th. Justin Jefferson, third. What? Nah, I'm done with it. Let's let's get into the real football. Let's talk about real stats, real plays on the field. The rankings can take a nap until next offseason, and then we will need you again when we need to fill content, but not until then. Go to bed. Well, mine, like, you could just Google it and you could see all the stories. It's absolutely ridiculous. And why not? Like, if you're going to bite people's kneecaps off, you might as well get something that actually will eat a whole person. Like, we are, we've are, we moved on from kneecaps, and now we're just going to eat people. Dan Campbell, this is dead, <laughs> like, dead serious. He want because people are like, I can't even make this up. Like I was, I was so on board for the Lions, and then this happens. Dan Campbell went to ownership. So this was a real conversation. You don't go to your owners if it's not for real. And said, can I get a lion? This family, the Fords, are so old, they approved it. Like they approved a lion in his budget. <laughs> And it, it like all the headlines are saying Dan really wants a pet lion. Lions aren't pets. Like if you wanted to get a cat or a dog and then cut their hair to look like a lion, like I'm pretty sure there's a lot of dogs out like a chow. Uh, Julia, you can take your cat and cut its hair and make it a mane. Like there's a lot of things Dan Campbell could do, but this guy wants a real lion. And then the NFL, thank goodness they're smart. They put a stop to that right away. They said, stop looking. And then it says, Dan Campbell is not, today, uh, two days ago, Dan Campbell is not giving up on his dream of having a live lion on the sideline. The New York Post wrote this. Why? Like, let it go. Like, why would you want a real lion? And like, <laughs> like, I'm just looking at all the headlines. Cowboys, X Campbell, um, once lion it says my big ass pet on the sideline like what and so then it says the nfl rejected his idea for a live animal as a mascot in detroit cbs wrote that dan campbell still wants a live mascot in his facility but says the nfl won't let him sporting news uh nbc sports said dan campbell wanted a live lion but the league frowns on that frowns <laughs> like could you imagine jared goff scrambling for his life with daniel hunter chasing him and the lion attacks. What is wrong with this guy? So that to me was just the dumbest thing I've heard in training camp so far. That like if I was a Lions player too, I would question his sanity for our safety. Like I don't care how many trainers. I don't care how many like people are holding onto a leash. 
The lion wins. Like, I don't know if anybody's ever seen zoo people get killed by lions. It lives. It wins. It wins every time. And so the funniest thing, and, and before I get before we move on, the funniest thing is like I talked about the movie um semi-pro. You guys have seen that. I don't know if Julie's seen that. You're young. So you might not have seen semi-pro Will Ferrell. But there's a halftime show he's trying to sell out for fans, and he said he want to fight a bear. And his safe word was spumoni. Meaning, if this is getting too serious, I'm going to say spumoni. And he slapped the bear. The bear riled up. He started yelling spumoni. The girl, like, she was like, he's like, how long have you been a bear, bear trainer? She's like, two days. He's like, what? And then he, like, runs. Bear gets loose. Lights go out. Bear's loose in the stadium. Like, that's what I could imagine a lion do. A lion's loose. And now we're on ESPN watching a live coverage of a lion loose in the stadium. It then gets loose in the city of Detroit. And then we're in a movie. Like, I feel like this would be a movie with Idris Elba, and he's going to have to chase his lion, him and Jamie Foxx. Oh and it's just going to go to all all hell's going to break loose. But Dan Campbell won the lion. I could not imagine Kevin O'Connell saying, I want a real Viking. Like, I don't, I mean, we have one. We but, had one. We had Ragnar. But he won it like, what, $600,000 or something he like that? He a lot of money. So we went to the mascot. We even we even got rid of our live thing. Like, uh, the Packers, like, what would there be? They can be a live cheese guy? Like a cheese curd? Like what? Well, I mean, the, the lion thing, it's not completely outrageous. LSU has their own tiger. but Yeah, but that thing's in a cage. Right, right. That yeah, thing's yeah. in a cage. It's not on the sideline. Side yeah. That's like, I do know Deion Sanders has the bison. He has the buffalo. Mm -hmm. um, but buffaloes don't really attack. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs have a bulldog. Arkansas uh, has their Razorback Bay parade around the field. but it's Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that thing's controllable. Yeah. Well, like, you can't control uh, a lion. A razorback like, will kill you. It'll kill you. A razorback will? Yeah. Like, I don't, but see, awesome. like, the bear, it's like, that's like if uh, Eberflus were to say, I want a, I want a live brown bear. Like, yes. no, you don't get a live brown bear. No, friend. No, no, you can't have a live brown bear. Harrison friend. Smith is morphing into an actual Viking every time I look at him. He takes that helmet <laughs> oh, off gosh. with his hair. He's, he's not far away. And he has a shave sides. And right. Yeah. Right. But we got to move on to the last one because this one's good. FanDuel, thank you for all the bets and the props you put out there. People right now just understand what FanDuel is doing. You can jump on the app. I just did it. If you live in Minnesota, you can't bet, but you can at least click Iowa, and then you can look through. It's going to actually say your, your zip code doesn't match, and so it's not going to let you bet, but you can look and see, and then you can drive to Diamond Joe's, which is an hour away, hour and a half. But right now, there's a lot of parlays. You can make up to seven selection parlay. Uh, you can pick teams to make the playoffs. Uh, here's some teams that have good odds. The Vikings have 106, um, and then you can go down, like if you want to say the Steelers are going to make it this year, you get plus 128. If you think the Giants are going to make it this year, you get 172. Uh, the Bears at 172, and here's where I go with the Bears. And I'm glad you guys haven't seen this. There's an NFL quarterback right now getting votes. He's getting NFL, or not votes, sorry, bets at Vegas. And I just looked at this on here to see where Kirk Cousins falls in this. Um, KDC is not getting anything close to what this guy is getting. This guy's votes are more than three combined quarterbacks. Three of the best quarterbacks combined is what his votes are right now. Who do you guys think that is? I'm going to start with you, Julia. Who's getting the most bets in Vegas right now to win MVP for NFL for 2023-2024? Did you give us a hint earlier? Yeah, what was the hint? You said um, the division, didn't you? Yeah, it's in our division. Oh, man. God. Um... Is it Justin Fields? Mm. That's a good guess. What do you like think, that? Luke? Yeah, I, I feel like, okay, you said NFC North. I always immediately think quarterbacks first, probably not Goff. I feel like Justin Fields is the fun, sexy pick right now. Sam? 
So this is the leader of NFC North quarterbacks. This isn't the league. league. No, this is the league. He's leading the league in bets. But he's in the NFC North. But he's in his NFC North. Okay, okay. So it's not the leader in odds, but mo- most people are betting. Most on people this are game. betting. Most, correct. They want to get most, value. Most bets. Yep. All right. Well, Scott, it, it has. It does have to be Fields. Uh, Goff is no way. Goff is going to no. move the needle. Jordan Love is not going to move the needle. It's got to be Fields. So here's how the sports book works. Everybody knows this. Justin Fields' odds. They bet so much on him. In Vegas, it got shortened. He was a plus 3,000 to start. And that's why I told people, you guys better go bet some of these. Like, to deal 110 plus sacks, you better bet it now because it's going to go up once people start betting it. And then same with Justin Jefferson, 10 plus touchdowns, bet it because it's going to go up once people start betting it. I'm betting it. I'm driving to Iowa as soon as I get a chance. Um, (laughs) Justin Fields is now a plus 1,800 as a result of all the bets online. He has more bets combined. These guys combined don't have more bets than him. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert combined. If you add up all the tickets of people in the world that have bet on Mahomes, Allen, and Herbert, they still don't pass the bets right now for Justin Fields. Now, here's a stat. Since 2013, so 10 years of numbers, the NFL MVP – has been a quarterback, but it's also been the team that wins their division. The winner has been an MVP. So you have to win your division and what it seems like, and you have to be good in the playoffs to win the MVP. So right now, the way people are betting, they're betting on the Bears to win the NFC North. So not the Lions, not the Vikings, the Bears. And so Justin Fields with 1,100 yards, uh, 2,200 yards passing is 3,300 overall offensive yards is still not better than Kirk Cousins just passing the ball. So my question to that is, that's a crazy stat, stat of the day, still in it from Dan Patrick. Um, what is it going to take for Kirk Cousins to win NFL MVP? I'm going to start with you, Luke. Yeah, you just look at the stats of the MVP winners the last few years. Mahomes last year, 45 total TDs, 5,200 yards. Those would both be career highs by a mile for Kirk. Uh, Rodgers, 2020, 2021, had to put the team on his back, carry the Packers both seasons into the playoffs. Lamar Jackson in 2019, he ran buck wild, carried the Ravens deep into the playoffs. I I think the point is, once you get past all the stats, which is a whole feat of its own, the one common denominator, you kind of touched on it, Ron, all these guys – they carried their team deep into the playoffs. I mean, the top two vote getters just last year was Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Both got their teams to the Super Bowl. So Kirk would need not only some insane monster stats, Mm -hmm. but also have to win multiple playoff games and go deep in the playoffs, if not all the way to the chip, because that's almost a prerequisite, it seems like nowadays, for the MVP. Sam? So one amendment on that. I think the MVP voting happens after the regular season before the playoffs. I think you're I right, think, actually. I don't uh, think, think playoff right. performance matters. Yeah, it's winning the division is kind of what they've been saying. The winner of the yeah. division, that's the last, since 2013, every NFL MVP has won mm-hmm. their division. Totally, yeah. And that, that totally makes sense to me. Um, I mean, most of these quarterbacks that win MVP, they're putting up between 35 and 40 touchdowns, interceptions less than 10. Uh, can Kirk Cousins get there? I think it's possible, I think, with some improvement in second year of the offense, I think he could conceivably throw 35 touchdowns. Can he reduce the picks? Can he have just like five picks? Because generally, that's about as many as Aaron Rodgers threw. Um, Lamar Jackson, his MVP year was 36 TDs, six interceptions. Matt Ryan, 38 and seven. That's the ballpark you have to be in. That's pretty rarefied air. 
Um, and you got to throw for probably over 4,000 yards because, again, Kirk's not going to do it with his legs like Lamar Jackson. That's how Justin Fields gets there. He has just has, has to have a Lamar Jackson season. Kirk Cousins needs to probably throw for 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, five interceptions, and win the division. It's a tall order. And even if he does that, you never know. Is Jalen Hurts going to put up the same stat line? Is Patrick Mahomes going to put up the same stat line? It's so hard to win the MVP in this league. But I think that there are some pretty clear benchmarks that Kirk has to reach, and I'm not sure that we can expect him to reach that. Julia. I would say if Kirk wants to win MVP, he's got to fire his defense up. Can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't afford, can't have a defense like that and win MVP. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not. I mean, you don't get the chance at it, right? Um, I'd also say, would love y'all's input on this too. If Kirk's in the running for MVP, why is JJ not in the running for MVP? Because the two go hand in hand, right? Absolutely, it's a quarterback's division or award. Right. Justin Jefferson was mad about that last year. It's a Cooper Cup too. Cooper Cup was pissed off. It's a. Right. It's been a quarterback I mean, award since. But, but JJ's going to be in the mix. If Kirk's in yeah. the mix, JJ's right. going to be quarterback right. and JJ's running back. Your running backs have gotten it too. So kind of quarterback, running back, but not a lot of running backs have gotten it. Um, but yeah, no, it's yeah. JJ would be in the mix, I think. But yeah, that's it's uh, like that's what everybody's win. saying. They're saying you might just call it like an NFL quarterback award because that's what it's been. Right. Yeah, I think right. they're gonna they would end up stealing votes from each other and right. do kind of a disservice to both of them in the end like a libertarian running for president so here's Last one more was a FanDuel, FanDuel has some great odds and i want you guys to to tell me who you think so kirk cousins odds i'm not gonna make you guess that it's plus five thousand. and if you guys think i'm joking i have my bet like highlighted so i have the plus five thousand for 10 bucks will win me 500 bucks 100 bucks come on now I'm winning five grand. So I might put a hundred bucks on Kirky just for me to put, to watch the entire season and be unbiased. Yeah. Right. I'm going to be totally biased the whole season. If I put this hundred dollars on Kirk, um, but 5,000 is his odds. Can you name and not the names of names? We know like, I'm not going to go Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Herbert hurts, Al- uh, Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, uh, two attack of Iowa, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, we already know, are all ahead of Kirk Cousins' odds right now. There are still eight other quarterbacks who have better odds to win the NFL MVP than Kirk Cousins. Do you guys want to take a stab at who you think some of those might be? That have worse odds, you're saying? No, better odds. Like it's, oh, it's more like value, Kirk, like, you're more saying? More likely. Sure, sure, sure. No, no, sorry. More, yeah, they're more likely. So less odds, more likely to win it. Oh. Like, I'll Angel give you one. Jones. Derek Carr is one. He's in there. Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones is not in there, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Daniel Jones is plus 7,500. I thought Daniel Jones would be in there. He's not in there. Uh, Geno Geno Smith? Yep. Russell Wilson, Geno Smith. 3,000 for Geno. Russ is 4,000. Not Jared Goff. Jared Goff is in there. 2,600. Wow. That is insane. Garoppolo? I mean, if we're doing Goff, we better do Garoppolo. Oh, Stafford. Stafford is not. Stafford is below Kirk at 6,000. Hmm. Garoppolo is not on there either. Oh, Watson? Watson's up there, 2,600 as well with Jared Goff. They have Watson and Jared Goff the same odds. Here's some crazy ones that you guys won't guess. Yep, Purdy is right above Kirk. Oh. 4,000. Here's some other ones. Uh, Kenny Pickett from the Steelers. Stop it. Plus 4,000. So he has a better chance of winning MVP than Kirk. This is not a serious list. Jordan Love. 
is ahead of Kirk Cousins or is better has a better chance to win NFL MVP over Kirk. So yeah, so those are and then uh yeah, those are I named the other ones. But yeah. That's a little ridiculous. Kenny yeah. Pickett, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, all right now, FanDuel's giving you better odds on Kirk than those guys. I wish I can bet that Kirk's gonna have more votes than Jordan Love. I I hope FanDuel, if you're coming out with some props. That would be the one to come out with. But it was a great show today, people. We got a lot of stuff out there. I want to thank Julia Daniels for joining us in place of Reggie Wilson today. You were great. We might have to get you back and, and kick Reggie out more often. Uh, but but appreciate you joining us. Uh, but I'm Ron Johnson. That's Luke Luke Inman. That's Sam Maxstrom. Remember, people, you can get our anywhere. You can get the podcast anywhere. But you can make sure you go to YouTube. So for those watching on YouTube, we thank you. Uh, we continue to love your support, questions, comments, whatever you have for us. Please do it. Instagram, Twitter. We have handles for Locked On Sports Minnesota as well as myself, Luke, Sam, Julie, as well as on Twitter, people. So you can jump on there and hang out with us. We interact a lot, especially during football season. Amazon Fire and Roku. Please make sure to download as well the app on there. It's Locked On Sports Minnesota. You'll get all of our shows right there on your TV devices. And remember, all the press conferences, all the biggest news, when Jordan Addison is running 140 miles an hour on the field, we're going to talk about it. So make sure you tune in for that. But I'm Ron Johnson. Again, that's Luke Inman, Sam Ekstrom, and Julia Daniels. I want to thank you guys and have a great weekend. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.